Katie's Tech Podcast, Episode 9, recorded June 11th, 2014. My name is Jason Johnson, and this is the Katie's Tech Podcast. This is where I go over the tech news stories of the day that have caught my eye. They may not be the biggest news stories or the most popular, just the ones that I find most interesting. The first story I saw today was actually one of the major news stories, and that's that TweetDeck was hacked. TweetDeck, for those who aren't familiar, is a Twitter client which allows access into the Twitter system. And there was a vulnerability to the XSS, which is the cross-site scripting language, allowing a person, not sure if it was a group or just a single individual at this point, but it allowed them to send out a single tweet with hearts and sometimes a snippet of code shown in the tweet more than 38,000 times. In order to stop this, Twitter actually shut down TweetDeck and took it offline until the security issue was corrected. There's been no word on any data compromise, but the vulnerability did allow code to be remotely executed, so there's always a risk of some other fallout aside from just the random tweets being sent. This is just another good warning to make sure that you keep your password secure and change them on a regular basis since you never know what a, a hack will allow remote code execution such as this that could actually result in your data being compromised. In this case, it probably wasn't. It was probably just some malicious person sending out the tweet, either as a proof of concept or just to, for the sheer fun of it, but it is something to keep in mind. Twitter, for those who may not be familiar with it, is an online social media system that sends out basically what started as text messages, which is why they're usually 140 characters long, replicating the old SMS system, to anybody who wants to see them. They're usually public. They do have some private message features, but almost the entire system is based around public messaging. And you can either follow people or have people follow you, and it's just a way to kind of share short thoughts and it's been expanded to include pictures, links, several different things, but usually just a short, concise message broadcasting out thoughts or something you want to get somebody's attention with or share. So basically what they did is they broadcast this same message all across Twitter, bombarding everyone with the message. As a side story, somewhat related to that, Evernote and Feedly were both hit with denial of distributed denial of service attacks today. From what I could understand, the Feedly one was actually a um, attempt to extort money from the company who just refused to pay it and dealt with the hack, even though it did drop them offline for a little bit this morning. Google announced they will be live streaming their I.O. conference this summer, similar to how Apple did their WWDC event this, earlier this month. So for anybody who's interested in watching, you'll be able to watch the stream live as Google does their keynote. Another interesting story that made the news sites today was additional information being published along with concept art, which the concept art was what caught everybody's attention, of NASA's warp drive. And this isn't the same as what we see in movies and Star Trek, but it is inspired by that, and it's NASA's attempt to find a way to replicate that type of technology and maybe someday actually build a vehicle capable of space travel 
in that method. I mean, we've got our rocket ships and we had the shuttle program, but an actual, you know, science fiction movie style spacecraft is what they're kind of driving at with the their warp drive project. And this is being researched at the Johnson Space Center. It is an official NASA project, but it's still only in the math stage, purely conceptual at this point. But fun to talk about, fun to dream, and the art is very interesting to see. So feel free to Google that and take a look at the pictures they came up with. It's kind of neat. Amazon has announced that they are integrating the Audible product more tightly into their Kindle apps. For those who aren't familiar, Audible is the audiobook software and company that was purchased by Amazon, and Amazon has still been releasing audiobooks through the Audible app, as well as on their website, but this is just them tying it more tightly into their product platform, and so what will happen is you can actually be in the Kindle ebook app, and if you own the audiobook, ver- Audible audiobook version also, you'll be able to just flip over and start the audio version in the same place using Amazon's WhisperSync and just go back and forth between audio and text without losing your place. So, really cool. Um, I enjoy audiobooks. I can't afford most of them. I find, find they're just too pricey for what you get, so I usually stick with text editions. But for anybody who's a big audiobook fan, that's pretty good news. Radio Shack announced that they are closing 200 stores And while that's not a good piece of news, it is a lot better than the original 1,100 stores they announced they were closing in March. From what I understand, lenders limited the number of stores, so Radio Shack is only closing the 200. Bad news is they're still not doing well. Their their attempt to reinvent themselves, they had a big 80s-style TV commercial in the Super Bowl this year, kind of the 80s monster store back, I think was the actual theme with everybody, different people from the 80s coming in and taking merchandise out of Radio Shack, trying to rebrand themselves as a more modern you know, company. That's just not working. They, they're they having a hard time competing with the best buys and the online sales like Amazon and whatever. So I just don't, know, don't see it. I, I like the idea of a Radio Shack store and in the few random times I've needed a part, it's been great to have one to run into. But I just don't see the the brand surviving in its current state. Going back to this earlier story on hacking, it's kind of interesting to note that Google has been Google has begun offering what they call end-to-end encryption on their email service, and it's not completely built in seamlessly yet. It has a couple of requirements that make it kind of beta, and you have to go out of your way to set it up. But for anybody who's a big user of the Google's Gmail, what this will allow is for you to encrypt the body of the message, not any attachments, but just the text in the body, as long as the person on the other end is using Gmail as well. This also requires that you be using the Chrome browser on both ends of the conversation, the sender and the recipient, and it requires a plugin to be installed, an extension for the Chrome browser. So, not exactly user-friendly, not seamless just yet, but they are making an attempt to at least be able to say that they provide encryption. It would be nice if they included the attachments and and completely sealed the message up, you know, completely covered the whole thing, but for anybody who wants to just encrypt their text, it is a better option than nothing, which is what we currently have for most providers. And finally, I wanted to mention that Comcast 
has kind of been caught turning over 50,000 routers, I believe this was in Austin, into public Wi-Fi hotspots. And what's happening is the default setting on the routers as Comcast sets them up or ships them out is leaving a public Wi-Fi option available. So anybody who's anywhere near the person's house can just has access. But basically you're just giving out free access to the internet connection that you're paying for. And so it's kind of odd that Comcast is doing this by default. Personally, I find that kind of frustrating. I mean, someone who has enough technical knowledge to go in and configure their router themselves would probably find the setting, turn it off, would notice that it's being that the public network's being broadcast. You know, it would catch their attention. But just your average user who doesn't know any better, who doesn't even realize that's coming from them, is never going to know. And you're just basically providing a public access into their network. Even if it's separated off, it's still their device. Not too sure I approve of that story, and hopefully Comcast will get some hot water over it. Since we were discussing some software vulnerabilities and password vulnerabilities earlier today, I did want to mention a couple pieces of software before I closed out the show. 1Password and LastPass are both password managers, and what they allow you to do is basically store all of your passwords in their system. Then you install their clients either on any of your devices. They have plugins that work on web browsers, they have mobile clients that go on your phones, tablets, any place that you might be filling out forms and logging into system. And what using these pieces of software allows you to do is to use a really long and complex password for all of the services that you normally have to enter a password into a lot. It also allows you to use a different password for each service, preventing you from using the same password over and over so that if that password is compromised, you've only lost the one account and you can easily just change that one password back and they haven't compromised all of your accounts. These software applications will usually generate a very long complex password for you. So you don't even have to try to come up with anything. Passwords are just long random strings. It doesn't matter what they are because these password managers are actually going to keep track of them for you. You only have to remember the one password to get into the password manager. Anything at that, after that is taken care of by the software itself. I believe, and I can't remember which is which, one of them actually costs a fee, and the other one has a free option. Both have premium features that you have to pay for, but I believe that they're worth it to prevent having the security nightmare that results from having a, you know, you use the same, same password because it's easy for you to remember, it's usually easily compromised, and when it is compromised, the hacker now has access to all of your accounts and you have to spend a lot of time going around changing all your passwords. It just simplifies the process of being secure. It may cost a little bit of money, but peace of mind of knowing that you're doing the best you can, obviously you can't help it if the company is compromised, but then again, you've only lost the one password, not your entire setup. So, LastPass and 1Password, or any other good password manager that you find online, although I, I from what I understand, those services are generally considered the best. Just a quick option on password management and ways to stay more secure online. There you have it. Those are the news stories I found today that I thought were interesting and worth discussing. Thanks for tuning in to the Katie's Tech Podcast, and I'll be back next time.